at the Tacoma location, one of the teams there was, um, they said, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but were you at one time a strip club DJ? <laughs> Everybody, and you weren't even doing karaoke. No, and I wasn't. <laughs> and I thought, well, first of all, why not just a was DJ. I ever a DJ? <laughs> what has particularly gone on in your life that has made you think strip club first, DJ second? Let's get trivial, trivial. I want to get trivial. Let's get into trivial. Let me Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Quiz Fix Podcast. My name is Paul. My name is Monica. Hey, welcome back. <laughs> Why are you laughing at me? <laughs> it just seems that we haven't done this in a very long time. I know. I mean, we've we've had podcasts, and most of them have been from our live uh, shows, the tournament finals, and then the uh, little living room show we did with our friends, the Three Muscabeers. Uh, but we haven't been in the same room in this sort of... Uh, configuration doing a podcast in a Just while. Just me and you. I know the 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 original dynamic trivia duo. Look at this hat that you have right here. Let's talk <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah. For a moment. Okay. So one of my regular teams at Fitzgerald's. One of the guys on the team is like a screen printer. Yeah. So he makes shirts and hats a lot. And this week they come in and they hand me this hat. And it says, let's get trivial. And on the inside of the bill, it says, Acme Thinking Cap. <laughs> and then they all had the hats, too. That's amazing. And it was awesome. And I got a picture with him. He said, you're going to put it on the website. I will. I will definitely do that. You so, should be seeing that. Uh, if you go to quizfix.net, you'll be able to see that. Right yeah, so now. it's really awesome, and I love it. And as we're playing the game, we get to halftime, and I'm reading the the team names. And one of the team names was We Like Your Hat. <laughs> and then there was We Made the Hats. Right. And then there was a team called Acme Thinking Caps. Oh, man. And I'm like, what? Why is... That doesn't make sense. So then the, well, the guy who made the hat comes up to me, and he's like... Somebody named their team We Made the Hats who didn't make the hats. Trying to like yeah. steal a little credit. So at the at the end of the game, as I'm reading the final scores, and I read, you know, however many points for We Made the Hats, and I said, what team is that? And they're like, oh, that, it's us. And I'm like, that team did not make the hats. <laughs> they did not make the hats. They're trying to get credit for making the hats, and they did not. Everybody boo them. And everybody booed him. <laughs> you are strict. Well, how mean is that? It's, <laughs> it's, it's pretty mean. It's pretty mean. They were trying to trying to jump on that little. Uh, they were yeah. trying to do a little coattail. They didn't do jumping. shit. Yeah, that's not right. I <laughs> know. That's why I made everybody boo him. Those are sweet hats. I'm not a hat guy, but that's a sweet, sweet cap. Yeah. Yeah. I look terrible in it, but I love it. <laughs> and I wear it when I sing the song. I think that's the thing with hats is that if you look good in hats, great. I don't look good in hats. I'm more of a sunglasses person. Yeah. I, and uh, and I'm more of like scarves. 
You are a scarf person. Yeah. I don't even know if I look good in scarves, but I'm going to wear them anyway. The, the <laughs> weather's starting to get cooler out there. Oh, yeah. And I threw a cardigan in the back of the car just in case I needed it tonight. You and those cardigans. I might need it tonight just because <laughs> my old bones are getting a little creaky out there. <laughs> well, I don't think I look good in this hat, but I'm going to keep wearing it. It's a great it. hat. Thank you. What, what was the name of the team? Well, they change their their team name every week. Yeah. I call them the Canadians. Okay. <laughs> I don't I don't know if they know that I call them that, but that's what I call them that in my mind. Fantastic. Well, thank you Canadians for <laughs> coming up with that uh wonderful hat for her. Um So they made another hat too. Uh there was a question about um Uno. How many cards are you dealt oh, in yeah. Uno? Right. And the the guy does the screen printing was adamant that it was four Hmm. and he comes up to me like after the game and like we're talking about it and i'm like four like how do you play a whole game of uno with four cards that's ridiculous very very fast game of uno so i kind of you know joked around and made fun of him a little bit for it and uh (laughs) then the next week their team name is four uno cards and he had made a hat with the with the uno wild card on it the oh. draw for wild card <laughs> i was like wow that was fast i love this hat guy yeah he's great i can see you saying something uh at like the first round and then at halftime he like leaves and it comes back <laughs> and it's like i've got hats for the occasion t-shirts and hats for everybody <laughs> well if we ever uh decide to make some sort of quiz fix uh product we'll oh, have to talk yeah. to him I mean, yeah. this is practically a quiz fix product. Oh, it's amazing. Let's get trivial. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we got a little fun show for you today. We're going to be back to our regular routine where we're going to do some uh, lightning round play, some game prepping for this week, and then a little audio round challenge at the end. Uh, I think we should just get right into it. Do you think that? I think so, yes. Then we are of the same mind. Let's do it. Now it is time for the lightning round. What is your round theme for me this week? So I wrote this round a few weeks ago. <laughs> yes. So it's about Labor Day. <laughs> oh, sweet. Timely. Yeah. A timely round. <laughs> Rip from today's headlines <laughs> from two weeks ago. I'm always a little late. Well, my round for you is a little more historical. This is on the Supreme Court. Oh, god damn. Yeah, don't uh, don't be too scared of this one. I already hate you. <laughs> All right, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Um, I'll go first. All right, here we go with the lightning round. Number one. What West Coast state was the first to make Labor Day a recognized holiday in 1887, seven years before it was declared a national holiday? Hmm. I'm going to go with my first instinct and say California. No. No. It's Oregon. No. Oregon does a lot of that stuff first. That should be a good, uh, that's a good first guess. Oregon does a lot of things first on on the West Coast. I was thinking of... The farm workers and all that sort of stuff in California. But no, that's a good one. All right. Uh, number one for you. 
uh, named after a 1966 Supreme Court decision. What's the name of the warning police give when arresting that starts with, you have the right to remain silent? Miranda. That is correct. Well done. See, this isn't going to be so bad. That wasn't that was an easy one. Yeah. Well, Just don't ask me to name any judges. Okay. You're going to ask me to name a judge, are you? We'll get to that. <laughs> Number two, the passage of the 1916 Adamson Act firmly established what for workers in private companies? What for workers in private companies? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Is this the where they limited? Uh, uh, is this the forty-hour work week? Yeah, it's the eight-hour okay, work eight hour day. day. Okay. So yeah, you got it. Cool. Question number two for you: Chief Justice Earl Warren chaired the commission to investigate whose assassination? JFK. That is correct. Oh, all right. Very nicely done. Okay, number three. Yes. When is Labor Day celebrated every year? Uh, it's the first Monday of September. That's right. Okay. Boy, that was like there was. That <laughs> Did was you like, think there was I, a trick? Well, huh? <laughs> I just you know sometimes your brain just starts to have a little epileptic seizure and you're just like, wait, this should be this is right. <laughs> Uh, question number three for you. Um, who is the only person to have been both a president and a Supreme Court justice? I don't know. I didn't even know that happened. It's only happened once. I don't know. Okay. As William Howard Taft. Taft is the only one... Taft. Always go with Taft. Taft is a Taft is a good unless uh, it's Garfield, and then go Garfield. and then go with Garfield. Garfield, he hates Mondays. <laughs> I can't get enough of that joke. Yeah, I, I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, by the way, there is a, a a Chester A. Arthur coming up in game prep today, so be on the on the lookout for some Chester A. hot Chester A. Arthur action <laughs> okay. in game prep. Okay. Just a tease, little game prep out there for you. <laughs> game prep tease. Oh, you're such a game prep tease. <laughs> Number four. In the U.S., the farm owner and tenant industry accounted for the largest number of employees 100 years ago. Basically, when Labor Day started. Sure. What is the prime employee base in America today? Wow. Um. Again, I'm going to go with the first guess. I'm going to say the service industry. It's retail. I'm going to allow it. Okay. I was think I wasn't thinking retail, so you oh, can you, you can give me a buzz here if you want to. I was thinking service industry being like um everything from bartenders, waiters to people who work in hotels. Um, uh you know, that sort of industry. Not quite retail. That makes more sense that retail is the bigger the bigger one. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, then you didn't get it. So buzz me here right here. Uh, <laughs> I'll put it in. You can trust me. I'll put in my own buzz. I just want to interrupt you. Uh, question number four. Number four for you. In 1991, Barnes v. Glenn Theater Incorporated of Indiana 
decided that what kind of performance was not protected by the First Amendment? Is it like animal acts? Well, I, I think in some places it probably does include that. Are you uh, talking about pornography? No, I'm not talking about pornography. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. Uh, <laughs> or talking about stripping. Oh. Uh, they, the strippers were saying that their uh, stripping, their dancing was protected as a free speech uh, expression. And uh, the Supreme Court decided that that is not protected by the First Amendment, at least back in 1991. Mm. I don't know if that's been overturned since, but uh, if you're a stripper out there, we're very sorry. Okay, the last question. In what 1994 movie is someone murdered for wearing white shoes after Labor Day? <laughs> I'm hoping this is Serial Mom. It is. Serial Mom! <laughs> I love that movie. Oh, very nicely done. Um, last one for you, question number five. In 1988, Hustler Magazine won a reversal of a libel suit over a parody liquor ad featuring what American televangelist? I can't remember his name. Can you describe him? Can you act him out? Uh, he's white. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's a, has, a bold guess right there. He has hair. He has hair. He has jowls. Yeah. Um... I can't remember. What's his name? His name is Jerry Falwell. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Jerry Falwell. Yeah, they put him in a little uh, parody of a liquor ad, and he got all upset because it was in Hustler. And he Wait, sued. did he know what he was doing, though? Did he know what he was Was he in it? Was it? No, they had drawn his picture, oh, okay. or they had put in his picture into a, a fake ad in, the, in, in Hustler, and then... He found out and was like, I'm a man of God. You can't put me in Hustler magazine. And Hustler said, well, yeah, we can because it's parody and parody is protected by the First Amendment. So he sued and Falwell won. He did win? He won at first and then it went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court reversed the the suit saying that, no, this is protected free speech because it's a parody. Mm-hmm. It's satire. You can do whatever you want in that realm. So Falwell had to eat it. Uh, all right. How did we do here? You got one. You got two. You got two. You got three. Oh. <laughs> He's pretty upset about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sad about winning the first the first lightning round we've done in a while. I know. We're both a little uh, out of practice. We'll get ready round. for this music round coming up that you are also going to win. Okay, I'm looking forward to that. But until then, <laughs> that was Lightning Round. It's now time for game prep. This is Game Prep, where we prep your game. <laughs> About to prep your game. <laughs> yes, this is for things that happened this week in history that you might get asked questions about at your pub quiz this week. Hint, hint. Yes. The first podcast we ever did where we did this, somebody mm. did take notes. And they- then they were really upset. <laughs> 
that like, there if, wasn't a question. If you are still a listener now going forward, <laughs> at is. least one of the uh, at least one of these questions will end up in your quiz. <laughs> of course, the more quizzes you go to, the more questions you're going to listen to. That's just an enticement for you to go to more quizzes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go first. All right. Let's do some game parreppin. On September 18th, 1837, Teddy Young and Charles Tiffany open a stationery and fancy goods emporium in New York City. They call it Tiffany and Young. 18 years later, Charles Tiffany makes the change to concentrate on jewelry. Somewhere along the line, uh, Young got aced out of the company and now it's just Tiffany and company. So I'm not really sure what that happens. I want more places that are just called fancy goods emporium. Yeah. I would shop at a fancy goods emporium fancy, every day. Fancy goods. Please show me the fancy. Show me the fanciest of your goods, please. You know, in uh, the UK, they have fancy dress parties mm -hmm. and it's actually a costume party. Oh yeah. Yeah. That that's what fancy dress means that you're you're getting you're are you, like a real costume party like yeah like dress up like a bear or whatever is this like, why in the bridget jones movie she dresses up as a playboy bunny when she goes to the fancy dress party and it's actually people dressed up in nice clothes maybe Bridget. Did they did they say that in the movie? I don't know. She just she's invited to some party. She thinks it's some costume party, and then she comes in a little Playboy bunny outfit, and everybody else is dressed normally. I swear, every time that happens to people in movies, it's always a Playboy bunny. Yeah, like that happened in um, Lily Blonde. Oh right! Mm -hmm. Oh right! <laughs> I forgot about that. Let's pause a moment while the plane passes overhead. September 18th, 1927, CBS, the Columbia Broadcast System, goes on the air. First as a radio station in New uh, Newark, New Jersey. I always want to say New York, New Jersey, and that's, that's not right. Uh, ironically, and pairing with our last game prep uh, item, CBS is sometimes referred to as the Tiffany Network because at one point it had high-quality programming. I don't think it really does that anymore. Two broke girls. September 19th, 1881, James Garfield dies. I bet that was a Monday and he hated it. Oh. <laughs> you were just waiting. The joke the joke was bad. But the expression on your face was all that I ever wanted in my life. I'm crying. <laughs> James Garfield. All right, seriously, somebody died. Seriously, seriously, died. tighten up now. Dies of his wounds after a shooting in July. Oh, that took a while. Yeah. <laughs> Jester A. Arthur becomes president. A lawyer named Charles Gutier. Is that right? Uh, we're going to go with Guito. Oh, that would be better. <laughs> this is all staying in. This is just the best thing we've ever done. Oh, this is hard to get through. Then no one's going to forget this game prep. It's the one where they couldn't get through it. 
about James Garfield dying. So that lawyer guy, Charles Guito, is sentenced and hung for the assassination. Yeah, it. I was surprised. I didn't know that. You know, you think of these assassinations. I didn't know Garfield hung on for that long. Yeah. Um, just waiting. Just and Chester A. Arthur just waiting in the wings. He was probably waiting for some lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> See, it doesn't, it doesn't get any any less funny <laughs> over so time. So stupid. <laughs> Ring the bell. <laughs> uh, September nineteenth, nineteen eighty five. Tipper Gore and the Parents Music Resource Center start a series of Senate hearings to determine what music needed to be labeled explicit by the recording industry to save their young teenage daughters' morals and ears. Just the daughters? Yeah, they were very concerned about their daughters. Okay. Among the songs in their listed filthy... Like, boy. (laughs) Among the songs listed in their filthy 15, you got Prince's Darling Nikki, Sheena Easton's Sugar Walls, and Cyndi Lauper's Shebop. Um, just a moment here about these three songs. Yeah. They're all kind of about the same thing. Is it sexy sex? Well, not only just sexy sex, but like female satisfaction. Oh, God. Like those are... Ew. Like, you know what I mean? Disgusting. Like that's the problem. Yeah, Shebop is totally like uh, Cyndi Lauper masturbating. Yeah, and so is Sugar Walls with Sheena Easton, and Darling Nikki is masturbating with a magazine. Uh, I've never the heard the other two songs. Oh. Uh, well, and Sugar Wall is also written by Prince. Uh, so you They're know. both Prince songs? Yeah. And, you know, if, if it's a Prince song, he wasn't shy about talking about lady satisfaction. Um, there are three rock stars who testified opposing censorship during those Senate hearings. Frank Zappa, Twisted Sisters D. Snyder, and surprisingly, John Denver who was very anti-censorship. Yeah. And the Senate was sort of surprised that he took that tack. They thought, oh, we're going to get John Denver up here. He's going to be like, oh, those bad rock and rollers, they need to watch their language. And he was like, I wrote a song called Rocky Mountain High, and everybody got on me because they thought it was a drug song. And it's not. But if people want to interpret it that way, great. I don't care. Listen to the song. Mm -hmm. So John Denver was a dude back in the day. He was a dude. Yeah. My dad was more concerned about music that had the word fuck. Yeah. He was very concerned about that. Did your parents ever take a record away from you? My dad did. Okay. So he what? He took my Nine Inch Nails albums away. Oh, from me wow. Because they said fuck. And my sister had to hide a back CD she had because it had the word fuck. Yeah. And it's like, Dad, okay. Like, I've already listened to it. Sure. If there is any damage to be done, it Mm -hmm. has been done. Yeah. Like, I don't know. He's more bothered by, like, curse words than anything else. Hmm. But I could read whatever I wanted. See, that doesn't make any sense to me because... I read some weird shit. Oh, yeah. And that was way more damaging than Trent Reznor saying the F word. Right. (laughs) Right. I remember I only got two things taken away from me. One was a one was a uh, a Gabe Kaplan comedy record. Gabe Kaplan was uh, Mr. Cotter in Welcome Back, Cotter. 
And mm-hmm. we were big fans of the TV show, so we got his comedy record, not realizing that when he did stand-up comedy, he used a lot of uh, bad language. Mm. And I was about seven. So that was like, okay, we're going to take that from you right now. Seven? I can understand that. The other... Sixteen? Yeah, sixteen. If I had been sixteen, <laughs> that, that would have been just like, you know, at that point, my parents had stopped caring about swearing in front of us and were just like sailors. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that got taken away from me was a ZZ Top poster, not knowing that the cover was the three guys from ZZ Top, like out in the desert with these police around them, and they've got bags of marijuana behind them. Yeah. And I didn't know that that was marijuana because I didn't know what that was at the time. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I'd heard a ZZ Top song on the radio. I thought it was a funny poster and I got it. And mm. I hung it up in my room. My mom came in and was like, okay, we're uh, taking that. But if you didn't know what it was. <laughs> well, they had, then they explained it to me. And it's like, that's a, that's a legal drug. And you know, that's not appropriate for you to have on your wall. So, <laughs> I mean, neither, in neither case was I heartbroken, but uh, yeah. it's interesting what people, what uh, people care about. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have to decide that kind of stuff. No. Any anything that gets taken away, I'm taking it away from myself. Right. Well, you got to be careful. Like what... I, I just found out what weed was, and I had to take down my Snoop Dogg poster oh, in my bedroom. Yeah, for shizzle. Because I just figured it out. September twentieth, nineteen twenty. Happy birthday, Jay Ward. Happy birthday, Jay. Creator of such animated characters as Rocky, Bullwinkle, Dudley Do Right, Dudley Do Wrong, Boris and Natasha, Mr. (laughs) Mr. Peabody and Sherman, and George of the Jungle. He also created the mascot for Captain Crunch. Yeah, Jay Ward, a very busy guy. Dudley Do Wrong. Is that the uh, adult movie version of Dudley Do Right? Please say yes. I guess. I don't know. I just added it in there. I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, do you, are you familiar with any of those cartoons? Any of those oh, are yeah. favorites? All of them. I loved, know. loved. used to love watching Rocky and Bullwinkle. I remember watching that as a kid and just thinking that it was really weird. It is. It's a really weird one. It's very, there's a lot of adult stuff that they sneak by the kids in those yeah. in those cartoons. I've never watched it as an adult. It's it's still good. And I used to love the Mr. Peabody and Sherman. That was my favorite yeah. parts of it. it. Like that dog was just such a dick. <laughs> Come along, boy. <laughs> yes, Mr. Peabody. <laughs> yeah, and that kid is just such a goo. <laughs> He was just trying to get some knowledge from the dog. <laughs> uh, September 20th, 1973, Billie Jean King defeats Bobby Riggs in the much-hyped Battle of the Sexes tennis match in front of 30,000 spectators in the Houston Astrodome. Still, to this day, the largest audience for a single tennis match. Mm, that yeah. movie's coming out. Yeah, is it Steve Carell and Emma Stone? Yeah. That should be good. That should be fun. It's the people who did uh, Little Miss Sunshine are are doing it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I never actually heard of that tennis match. So it was the second that Bobby Riggs had been in. Bobby Riggs had been a tennis champion in the 40s and 50s. And at that point, he was in his mid-50s. And he had 
been very vocal about disparaging women's tennis as not as not being as good as male tennis. Mm-hmm. So he had challenged Margaret Court, who had been a former champion back in the day, to a tennis match and had beaten her. So Billie Jean King got involved, and Billie Jean King at that point was in her mid twenties and was still, uh, you know, challenging on the on the professional circuit. So she challenged Riggs to a match and then beat him in three straight sets pretty nice. soundly. Yeah. 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 If you look at some of the clips, the, the Bobby Riggs has no business being, she's not even really playing that great, mm-hmm. but he's just completely out of shape. She's just dropping little lobs over the net and he can't keep up with the whole thing. Yeah. September 21st, 1937, J.R.R. Tolkien publishes The Hobbit its sequel, The Fellowship of the Ring, isn't published for another 17 years. I did not know that Fellowship of the Ring came after The Hobbit. Oh, really? I mean, I knew The Hobbit, the story of The Hobbit took place before, but mm-hmm. I thought it was one of those prequel things where he wrote it afterwards. No, it was actually, it was. I think it was like a children's book it was supposed yeah. to be. That's the only one of his books that I've ever read Read was The Hobbit. So I saw The Hobbit, uh, the animated version oh, yeah. as Absolutely. a kid. And I loved it. And it scared my sister oh. to death. It was, I remember that she being a very creepy. She was so afraid of, uh, what's his name, Schmeagol. The Gollum. Gollum, the yeah. Species. She was terrified of him. Oh yeah, in and I cartoon? was younger than her, and I didn't. It didn't bother me, but she was bothered by that it. That cartoon <laughs> creeped me out. <laughs> him just crawling along, going, "My precious." My yeah, precious. <laughs> yeah. I in the movie that's done really well too, but that cartoon still sticks with me. You know, Toyota could do a really good commercial with him and have it be. My Prius, my Prius. <laughs> Toyota, we just handed you a million dollar campaign. You are welcome. That's good. I like my Prius. September 21st, 1996, the Defense of Marriage Act becomes federal law, defining marriage legally as an act between one man and one woman. Parts of the act are struck down by the Supreme Court in 2013, allowing states to allow same-sex marriages. In 2015, the entirety of the act is deemed unconstitutional, making same-sex marriage legal in all 50 states. Yay! Yay, indeed. September 22nd, 1823. Joseph Smith finds... Finds? The Golden Plates near his home in New York. After the angel uh, Maroney sure. <laughs> told him where to look, he translated the inscriptions on these plates, publishing the translation seven years later as the Book of Mormon. Which is a fantastic musical. I just wrote a round about Mormon stuff. Oh, did you? You know what the round was called? What is it? Mormon stuff. <laughs> Am I going to get to see that at some point? Is that I, for, uh... I, I did it um, a couple weeks ago, and mm-hmm. I replaced one of your rounds. Okay. Because somebody had asked. Well, send me send me it. that, and I'll use it someplace. Okay. Yeah. Um, by the way, 
not any nuttier of a birth of a religion than any other birth of religion. Oh, no. You know, just right on par with everything else. Mm-hmm. We've been watching that Scientology stuff with Leah Remini and and them going through the, the origins of Scientology. And oh, it's, yeah. It's like, eh, yeah, it's about what all the religions sort of start off as is one guy saying, here's what I found to be true. Yeah. And other people going, well, okay, that sounds good to me. Yeah, see, I get the people that want to make shit up mm-hmm. and be famous and have people like them and stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the people that believe them. Those are the people I don't understand. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> it would, just, everybody should just make up their own religion. And then we just have like billions of little tiny religions out mm-hmm. there. If you were going to make up your own religion, what what would it be? Beer. Beer. <laughs> oh, I've already done it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when, are, when are we going to church? <laughs> I got to worship. Every day. Every day. All day. All right, everybody. That was your game prep. Do you feel prepped? I feel prepped. prepped. Ladies and gentlemen, name that tune. Hey, everybody. Paul here. I hate to break it to you, but the rest of the podcast did not come out as planned. Uh... I came to listen to it this morning when I was editing and it was just all fuzzy and weird and fast and just unlistenable. So I'm not going to torture you with that. Uh, so you won't hear Monica and I play the audio ran challenge this week. So instead, why don't you take the audio ran challenge this week? We've got five songs from my home state of Washington. The artists are from there. And we've got five songs from Monica's home state of Ohio. The first five are Washington. The second five are Ohio. Name the artists. That's all you got to do is name the artists uh, for one point each. And you can send your answers into quizfix at gmail.com. We'll announce the uh, answers next week on the podcast. And we'll also talk about who won that challenge. So good luck to y'all. Here is the audio round. One.
Five. Time we do this like our MCs wanna battle. I'm the man they love to hate, the JRU Wing of Seattle. Picked up the posse on 23rd and Jackson, heading for the strip. Yes, we're looking for some action. The limo's kinda crowded, the whole car was leaning back. Maharaji's watching TV with two girlies on his lap. Six. Once again, you can send in those answers, the artists' names, to quizfix at gmail.com. You have all week to do it, so do it. Um, just a reminder, as we usually end the show with where we host, uh, Mondays, I am at the Skylark in West Seattle. Tuesdays, Monica is at the Fitzgeralds in Ballard. Tuesdays, I'm at the Crown Bar in Tacoma. Wednesdays, Monica is at the Blue Grouse in Georgetown. Wednesdays, I am now at the Berliner in Renton. Thursdays, I am at the local 907, also in Renton. All those are games are free. Most of them start at 7.30. The Berliner one starts at 8. But come down and play the quiz this week. We're going to have a lot of fun quizzing it up. Uh, that is it for the podcast. Sorry again for the audio difficulties. Uh, we'll be back with fixed microphones and computers next week. Until then, bye. Let's get trivia. Let's get trivia. I want to get trivia. Let's get into trivia. Let me